Blog Talk Radio. Quarters. Security condition three. Thank you. Security three, sir. General quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Enthusiastic, maybe, but he does a great job as a doorman. Hi, welcome again, once again, to Madam Perry's salon. And I am your hostess and cruise director, Madam Perry, but you can call me. Jennifer Perry, or as my friends cross the pond call me, uh, J Mod, Jennifer Modette Perry. But I, I'm here. I love you, and once again, I'm bringing you the best of the best, as I have been so fortunate and blessed to do. Just to say thanks to everyone who's been listening and downloading as I check the stats. Got more and more subscribers and more downloads, and um, I thank you so very much for listening, for sharing with friends. Do you know, I had some massive downloads uh, a couple of Tuesday nights ago. It just happened to be during the State of the Union address. So I guess that means anyone who was boycotting the State of the Union address coming from uh, the White House chose to listen to my guest instead, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, recently, we've had a lot of fun. We had... Uh, Let's see, Linda Civitello, food historian, and her newest book, Baking Powder Wars, A Cutthroat Fight of Baking Powder Wars. And you might think that's an oxymoron, but let me tell you, that book has got everything. Jesse James, the Klan, um, bribery, uh, political bribery all the way up to the highest level, people breaking down in tears in the Supreme Court. And so nothing is new under the sun, really. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. Also, um, coming back soon, you know, um, our friend Chasm Sultan, uh, bass player, as you know, for a Todd Rundgren's Utopia, is how we, when we first met him. Um, he came off the White Knight Tour last year, and then he's already been back on um, – he's doing this, a thing called Chasm Sultan's Utopia, and it has Jesse Gress and, uh, and Greg Matt um, and just – a lot of cool guys was at the Iridium in New York recently, and he's going to be coming back here on Madame Perry's Salon, returning here to talk about it. We love Chasm. And if you've never seen him with Utopia, you missed it. But you've probably seen him with uh, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts or uh, Blue Oyster Cult and so forth. And let's see. We've got lots of more uh, things coming up. But you know what? 
I usually tell you ahead of time, but if you subscribe, and if you subscribe on Blog Talk Radio and follow me on Twitter and and uh, Facebook, you know who's coming and you know how to plan ahead because I don't want to wait another minute to introduce tonight's guest. I am so excited. You've known and loved this guy, and his words have meant a lot to everyone's heart. Uh, he came to prominence with the British band in the U.K. during the new wave period of the 70s and recorded very successfully throughout the 80s, the 90s. Uh, of course, the band was squeezed with songs like Cool for Cats, Up the Junction, Slap and Tickle, Another Nail in My Heart, Pulling Muscles from the Shell, Tempted, Black Coffee in Bed, Hourglass. Um, gosh, I even fell in, if I wasn't already in love with my husband, I even loved him even more playing uh, when, when I would see him on stage playing Hourglass, and that was fun. But this guy was the lyricist uh, working with the... His, well, I'll let him tell you. This is, of course, I'm talking about Chris Differ. Chris Differ was a lyricist, and uh, he teamed up with his bandmate, the other, the co-founder of Squeeze, uh, Glenn Tilbrook, and this has a great opening story. It goes on from there. But let me tell you, Chris Different has a book called Some Fantastic Place. I am almost at the end of it. I think it's one of those books where I don't want to stop, but I also keep going back and listening to music as I'm reading about it. Some Fantastic Place, brand new book by musician, songwriter, co-founder of Squeeze, Chris Differ. Chris, welcome to Madame Perry Salon. Come on in here in the little genie bottle and get comfortable. It is a very comfortable little bottle. Thanks for having me on board. You're quite welcome. I'm delighted to have you here. Yes, it was uh, um, just a thrill to get the message back from you that you could come. Uh, your book is fantastic. I, I learned more That's and more nice. about you and the people around you. It's like, um, uh, you know, sometimes when people write memoirs, and I've always loved memoirs and biographies more than fiction because yeah. people's real lives take twists and turns that most authors, Editors would say, oh, no, no, you can't do that. that that'll never fly. Yeah. No one will believe yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it was a great joy to write the book. Um, it was very easy to write. Um, the difficult part was letting it go, you know, and stopping. That was really tough. But, um, you know, now the book's out. I'm very proud of it, and I'm going on to it. I'm doing um, a book tour. Um, I'm doing one in the UK in a couple of weeks' time, and then I come to America. I'm doing some book shows there too. So I'm I'm really thrilled to be to have this um, other arm to my uh, personality, so to speak. Yes, and I'm glad that you told me you're coming to the Yes on the Book Tour because on your website, chrisdifford.com, I saw dates in, in England, Scotland, Ireland, but I didn't see anything in the States, so I'm glad you started off giving us that good info right away. And, you, yeah. you know, Chris, I've let people know, people have been so excited about having you on here that I've already got some callers lined up. So if you're ready to go and talk I'm to people. I'm ready to go. Fire away. Of they're course, ready for you. For All right. Cool. <laughs> okay. I am so glad. All right. So this is a caller from right here, I believe, in Atlanta, Georgia, with me. Hi. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Oh, who? Ray? <laughs> who else? Ray? Hello? Wait, wait. Yeah, wait I'm a minute, on here. Wait a minute. <clears throat> Ray, excuse me, Chris. Uh, Ray is somebody who also has a cushion here, so he's just going to come on into the beaded curtain and sit in here with us for a while. He is often my. Okay. He's a, a guitarist for, 
popular band Night Porters, played a lot in the UK, but um, but he often is my uh, writing buddy in here, and he I think you've got a lot of uh, mutual friends. Ray Daffrico, come on in. Hey, how are you doing? Nice to be back. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, I'm good, Ray. I'm good. Yeah, I wanted to say, uh, I think we have a mutual friend. I say hello from Chalky Davies. Um, Oh, my God. My dearest, dearest Chalky. I love him to bits. Yeah, I was going to have him call in, but he's in the UK, too, and uh, apparently it's like 5 a.m. there. Yeah, he's over here. He's working hard, and... He's somebody yeah. that features in the book too, actually. Um, oh, really? We've been buddies. We've been buddies for so many years. Yeah, um, I met him up in New York, and I know he knows a lot of people. But I know he's really close to you guys, and um, yeah. you know that's yeah. great. So I thought I'd just say hey, and you know, he's an incredible um, photographer. Him, yeah, that's definitely. You know, I loved his work, uh, and I love your work mm. too. So I'm really excited you. that you. You did this. Uh, Thank you. The, the the lounge. I've done it a few times. I'm, I'm, she has such great guests, though, so it's always interesting, you know. So that's cool. Thank, well, thank you. you, Ray. Ray, can you stick around yeah. just a couple of minutes with us? Yeah, yeah. All right, good. I'm here. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I think we have now the next caller is uh, calling in from looks like. Asheville, North Carolina, I believe. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. You're on with Madam Perry and, of course, Chris Difford. How you doing? And yeah, you're on the air. Hi. Hello? Hi. Come on? Hi. I don't hear them. I don't either. I don't either. No, well, me neither. I hope they hear us. Okay, maybe they're just a little shy. I know I know I was. So uh we when you called in Chris. So anyway, let's get then the the next caller. I'm not sure where they're from. I know it's a seven one four area code. And hi and welcome to Madam Perry's salon. I'm Madam Perry. You're here with, with me and Chris Difford. Hi, this is Sherry Fink. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, Sherry. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I can't believe I'm talking to you. I have a funny story for you, Chris. Go I, on, uh, I, I had, I'm from Virginia in the United States. Yeah. I live in Los Angeles now. Um, and okay. I'm now a, a writer. And back mm. then, I was in college, and I had a friend from Lebanon, and I remember him telling me, oh, my gosh, you have to hear this music. And he played your, um, your singles album. And I had yeah. never heard music like that before, and I just fell in love with it. And I recently just downloaded the album again on my phone, like a week before I saw the announcement you were going to be on Madame Perry's mm-hmm. show. And I've been mm-hmm. on her show before, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to talk to him. Because I fell in love with your music while I was in college because a friend recommended it, and I've loved it ever since. And my husband, That's he's kind. here, and he loves it too. And anyway, just really excited That's to kind. tell you that. <laughs> That's kind, yeah. There was a big album for us, and I got a lot of college play in, uh, back in the 80s. And, you know, when we toured, we used to tour all over America and play lots of college towns. And, you know, um, just had lots of fun being on the road in those days. Oh, it's amazing. I love pulling muscles from Michelle. That's my favorite. Then Cool for Cats, Thank and you. of course, Tempted. Thank you. <laughs> cool. You're welcome. Up the junction. Thank I you. love a ball. Thank you. 
You're very welcome. It is. She, yeah, Sherry was on a few weeks ago, and uh, she just got married. She just came back from a honeymoon in Australia. And just to give you a little idea about Sherry, why it's not unusual, it's not surprising to me that she had just downloaded the album again a week before she saw this post. Uh, Sherry is a well-known motivational speaker and writer of children's books and uh, a musician, but she also had an actual unicorn at her wedding. So I am not surprised at all that she, we had this kind of uh, synchronicity that she downloaded your music again just before. That's amazing. Saying That's this. amazing. I wish I'd had a unicorn at my at my wedding. It sounds marvelous. <laughs> Where do you get a unicorn for? these days? You know, you just have to look online. You can find almost anything. <laughs> you can. Google it. <laughs> so if you did you ever get to see Chris live? To see Squeeze live? No. Cherry? No, I didn't. I, I was going to school in D.C., and I, I never got to see them live. And I was very excited when he just said that they're going to be touring in the U.S. just now. Um, I know my husband would love to hear him, too. We were playing your album in the car yesterday, and he's listening to Up the Junction, and he's like, man, he is such a great vocalist. I hope he's doing new music. And I was like, I don't know, but I'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. We've just been well, in America, actually. We just did 40 shows, and we toured wow. all over. We played in Atlanta. And I yeah, I saw, I saw you at the Atlanta show. It was very good. Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun, yeah. yeah. So we're going to take a break for a bit, and, and then we'll come back in a, in a year or two's time, I guess. Okay, we got to hit up Los Angeles. <laughs> Anywhere in California. Will. Definitely. Certainly will. Certainly will. So anyway, awesome. thanks for this. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks so much, Sherry. Sure. So exciting to have you call in. Thank you, dear. Of course. So, Chris, how long is it? So now, how long have you been working on the book? I'm just curious. Um, I guess I started it five years ago, and um, just been making notes along the way, and um, you know, it's something was a labor of love, really, and a bit of a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it turned into something more serious, and here it is. It's out, and you know I'm excited by it, and um, you know I'm, it's an honest read, and it's it was uh, cathartic in many many ways. So yeah, I'm pleased with it. I bet. Um, did it bring back things that you didn't remember, <laughs> as far as touring uh, and that sort of thing, or you know? No, I, I can remember all that stuff. I just can't remember what happened yesterday, but I can remember what happened. Oh, yeah, that's, years that's ago. like a guitar player thing. That's <laughs> a guitar player thing, yeah. But, yeah, everything, everything's good. I mean, it's all in the right place. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming over in September and doing some shows with it. So it'll be different anyway. Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to it. Mm. Now, will September mm. be just a uh, uh, will it be because uh, I thought it was going to be just as a book tour or book tour and you're performing? And a bit of both, yeah. So, coming to Atlanta, uh, just on my own, but I'll be coming to Atlanta, Atlanta, Nashville, New York, Washington, Boston, um, Chicago, um, Detroit. So yeah, there'll be lots of different towns that I'll be playing in. And uh, it will be reading from the book. It won't be like Bruce Springsteen on Broadway, but it will be something similar, and um, it will be fun. 
Hopefully it'll be more affordable than that. <laughs> yes, you can imagine. It certainly will <laughs> Apparently be. he yeah. was charging quite a lot of money. Um, yeah, I don't know uh, who can afford six, to to go to things like that, but six hundred dollars a ticket. How much? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll definitely be, at, be be at the Atlanta one. Good, good. Thank you. Six hundred dollars a ticket. Usually, people if they do something like that, they have a meet and greet where you get a picture and a, and a cube of cheese. No, that wasn't the not case. Not a but it was. A, it was. Okay. A, I, I went to see it. I went to see it, and it was really great. Actually, I thought it was brilliant. Oh yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Well, I had one other question. I was always curious when mm. you were UK squeeze, and then it had to be changed to. Squeeze was there a band mm. in America called Squeeze, or how did that go about? Because I knew that yeah. fairly common. There was a band. Um, there, was a band in Phil- there was a band in Philadelphia who had um, kind of um, they were a bit like the Cars, that sort of band. They had big hair, leather trousers, yeah, yeah. and they were called they were called Squeeze. And then they came to one of our gigs, I think, at CBGB's, and and. Um, they ruffled some feathers, but we we changed our name to UK Squeeze, but then they broke up pretty soon after the new wave thing came around. Right. That's yeah. interesting because I, I, I lived in Philadelphia growing up, so... Uh, okay. It seems like I would know about them, but, um, yeah. No, it wasn't <laughs> a big deal, I don't think. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny anyway. because I think my band, the like... Night Porters... There's a Night Porters in the UK, a blues band called the Night Porters, but... They started way mm. after us. You know, we had already broken up, um, basically. And okay. I just okay. found that interesting. So. Cool. But, um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, but, Ray, you've had so many of us have a band name. Pardon me? What's up? Go ahead. I, well, I didn't understand the question. What was it? Hello? I think she was telling... She was talking about band names or something, I guess. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought I had interrupted you. No, I was going to say, Ray's had so many clever band names, like Kathleen Turner Overdi- Overdrive, and um, very good. it is Ray, Ray Rollers. <laughs> so he's... Uh, <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. That's very good. Yeah, I want to have all <laughs> their band service for, for bands and mm. charge them a fee and name their band, you know. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> well, look, I'm going I'm to have to head off very soon, so um, we're going to have to okay, get some well, questions in if there are any. Mm-hmm. All right. So, more questions? Yes. In fact, I have a question here from a band in that's actually in Liverpool, and uh, it's a band called uh, Joe Symes and the Loving Kind. And I've played their music on here a lot, and they've also kind of been taken under the uh, wing of Liam Gallagher a bit and play a lot. But mm-hmm. the drummer's name is Colin White, and he said he wants to know, uh, he wants to know, Chris, what is the most, what is the thing that you enjoy most about music? Um, ooh, I suppose I just enjoy not knowing a whole heap about music I just like being involved in it and listening to it and you know I, I, I'm I'm kind of um, I'm still a newcomer to it even after all these years I really appreciate all kinds of music particularly jazz these 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 days so 
you know, I just like to sort of bathe in music and make the most of it and just, um, it's like oxygen, it's just very good to have around. Okay, and, and thanks a lot to uh, Colin, Jill Simon, Loving Kind. When you began writing with Glenn, you know, you, you know, you would provide lyrics to him, and he would come up with music for you. Were there, did you always feel that he understood your lyrics and came through with music that really fit for you, or did you ever have times when you thought, you know, is is he paying attention? Does he even, you know, did, did it ever? Did you always seem to sing as as far as what what you were saying on paper and how he fitted into music mm, or to an arrangement? Yeah, I never questioned our relationship. You know, after 45 years of being together, you kind of don't you don't question the way things have been mm-hmm. over the years. It's kind of we've had our ups and downs, but mostly we've written fantastic songs, and um, I'm very proud to be co-owner of those songs with Glenn. And um, he's an incredibly talented songwriter and producer. And uh, you know, without each other, we wouldn't be here. So it's kind of nice to know. Mm-hmm. How did you feel when you first saw people comparing you to, saying, you know, you were the new, the, the Lennon and McCartney of your age? Um, it didn't really affect me very much. I think, um, you know, it, it just didn't. It was just one of those things. Um, it was just a way of pigeonholing us for American radio. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously... They are up there with the greatest songwriters of all time, so it's pretty cool. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, good comparison to have, you, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering what it's like the first few times that you actually heard uh, your music being played out of somebody's car when you're, walk- when you're you know, maybe you're going down the street and you hear it out of somebody's car windows or... Um, on the radio or in a record store, mm. what was that that first tingle like? Um, well, it's just as magical as it is today. Hearing my music on the radio, if I hear something today, it's just as exciting as it was the first time. Um, it's a real privilege to hear your own music being played, and sometimes when you're walking down the street and you hear it in, a, in like a restaurant or you know, in someone's car, as you say, it's 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 a real thrill. I mean, that's what you kind of are in the business for, to have your records played. So it gets harder and harder these days because, you know, radio's completely changed and the way people listen to music, like the lady before was saying, she downloaded an album on her phone. So you know, people listen to music in a very different way today. It's not as organic as it used to be. Um, it's more digital and... Not as friendly, maybe, but um, I'm just very pleased that people still like us. Yeah, I think that's something Ray and Ray. You and I might have talked about once um, last year on the show that it used to be more of a um, when people got a record. You know, you went, you looked, you went through all the records, and then when you got one, you got together. It was something you did with somebody. It wasn't a solitary thing where you just download it, put on your headphones, and you're by yourself. You got together with your friends. To listen to something. It new. was more of a treasure, I think, because it was uh, harder to yeah. come across, like vinyl that you couldn't find, you know. And yeah. certainly, it kind of seemed like a little more re- rewarding because now it's you can access anything, which is good and bad, you know. But mm. uh, I, I'm 
I have a lot of vinyl and, you know, kind of rare stuff that, mm. I don't know, it's it's just a strange thing. It's I guess it's what, you grew, it's what you grew up with, you know, so you, yeah, you, you feel more with. comfortable with it, you know. But, um, yeah, I'm just happy but at the same still, time, being played. What's up? No, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, you know, it's it's just uh, he had to work a little harder for it, so therefore he felt like a better reward, you know, because now you can go on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, but um, mm. yeah. Um, but on okay, the downside, okay. and, uh, you gotta go. Okay. I, I'm gonna have to. Uh, another... I'm gonna have to run off in a minute. So. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll get this quick. We've got another caller coming in. Uh, hi. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. You're on the line with Chris Different. So come in and say hello. Hey, hello, Chris. Just in. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, wait. Just got two just came in at the same time. Uh, first one, I think, is Duffy, Duffy from Adele, Georgia. Yes. That's me. All right. Go ahead, Duffy. Yeah. With your question for Chris. Uh. It's uh well it's an honor to uh speak with you and I, I know you're uh you have to go uh you've been interviewed so many times and you've you've been uh one of the most prolific lyricists uh uh of of the rock of the rock era and it, it's uh it's amazing the work that you've done um, Thank you. My question, my question is about. Um, I I think of you, even though um, your music is fantastic. I I somehow think of you mostly as a writer. I can see you growing up as as a. I read that you were a lover of poetry when you were a child, and. Mm. Uh, I've heard some of your interviews when you when you talk about the writing process, and now you're mm. uh, writing an autobiography. Mm. Uh, what is it? What is it like putting it all, going back and putting it all down in prose? Uh, I was I was mm. a poet, and I, and I'm trying very hard to write an autobiography. And I have a hard time making the language uh, simple, not going off on a tangent and and making it, uh, you know, mm. trying to mean something with every single word, the way that you, mm. the way that you would with a, with a, with a poem. And I think of all your all of your uh, songs. As, it's very kind of you to say. I mean, po- I, I... As, a, as a kind as a po- as poems. Uh, yeah, you can't read the lyrics. You're so you've all, you're so <laughs> prolific, and after 45 years, that's a that's a track record that very mm. few people. Well, thank uh, you. That's very kind. You know, thank you. You know, we talked about Lennon and McCartney, and and not to put them down, but they uh, they collect they they all wrote lyrics and and. Mm. They were put together in a different way, but but as a duo with uh, you and Glenn, you basically wrote 
word after word after word after word and have been doing it for so long. Um, what is it like? Uh, what is it like going back and trying to put put all of that down in prose in a in a way that you think would make it interesting uh, as literature for people to read? Um, I, I can't really say other than it was very easy for me to write, as I said, and um, as a writer, it's you just have to let yourself get in the flow of working with words, and then once you've done that, the rest will just follow. Um, I don't make it complicated, so I just try and keep yeah. it as simple as I possibly can and keep it as honest as possible, um, and that's all I need to do, so yeah. Well, uh, All right, that's uh, you, great. Also, and you also said one time that you you have a it's, a writer has to go into a secret place that you have a secret place in your mind that you mm-hmm. that you have to well, go. It's not a secret place. It's just my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. that, that you go and well, it's a sort of a state of being where you you uh, it writes itself. And it does. Yeah. It You're does. just following. Mm, yeah. Uh, and well, thanks so much for your call. I'm going to have to split. So. Yeah. Okay. Nice all right. Everybody, call. say goodbye. All right. Thank you. We've had uh, got one more person with one call. If I could just squeeze them in, and then we'll let you go, Chris. Okay. And thank you so very much for being right. so generous with your time tonight. Uh, Adrian, I've got Adrian here mm-hmm. on the line. I believe this is Adrian from Atlanta calling in. Hi, Adrian. He's talking to Chris Different, co-founder of Squeeze and author of Some Fantastic Place. Go ahead, Adrian. Yeah. Hey, yes, I, I've got sort of a three-part question. Uh, let me just say thank you first, Chris, for uh, talking with me today. Uh, but I was wondering, what was the local scene coming up in London? What uh, Were bands supportive of one another, or was it sort of cutthroat in some ways? Uh, how did you break out and get noticed? And how does the scene today compare or contrast to that? Um, well, the scene today is completely different. There's not as much live music as there used to be. Um, and, yeah, everybody was really supportive of, it, of each other in those days, I have to say. Um, it was quite a good community. Um, not that I knew it, but it was good fun. And, um, yeah, I guess as a young band, we have more opportunities now than most young bands do. So we came along just at the right time. I think it's harder now. It's much harder. Um and I have no references because I'm not that age anymore. But I guess um, it, you'd have to work twice as hard to get the kind of gigs that we used to get. You know, we used to come to Atlanta and play Rose's Cant- Cantina. Oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that that goes back so many years, you know. Um, and we were very lucky to do that. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know how a band can maintain that anymore. Well, Someone playing a guitar there. <laughs> Not me. That's funny right, well, you played Rose's book. Cantina. Go ahead. Anyway, when I come to Atlanta, everybody come down and we can talk more and take more time. Yeah, yes, we will. Hey, Chris, 
get Chris's book, Some Fantastic Place. It's got it's a it's a very open and honest story of his life, not only as a as a toy musician and writing and a writer, but also uh, his personal life and and demons too. And uh, Chris, thank you for being so generous thank with you your, time. For your time. It's thank quite you, an honor. Buddy. All right, you're welcome. Okay, God anytime. bless you too. Nice to meet you. Thanks. Bye now. Thank you. The Indians send signals from the rocks above the pub. The cowboys take position in the bushes and the grub. The score is with the corporal, she is tied against the tree. She doesn't mind the language, it's the beating she don't need. She lets loose all the horses when the corporal is asleep. And he wakes to find the fire dead and arrows in his hat. And Davy Crockett rides around and says it's cool for cats, it's cool for cats. To go. They get a gang of villains in a shed up that he throws. They're counting out the fibers when the handcuffs lock again. In and out I want to flip the numbers on their name. It's funny how the missus always looks a bleeding same. And meanwhile at the station there's a couple of likely lads who swear like as your father and they're very cool for cats, they're cool for cats. Oh, 